Sego, and welcome to Resistance Radio. As Reggie mentioned, we are on a fun drive, and so I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about something that I don't do that often anymore. I, I've actually got a premium that, I, that I'm offering for a donation to this, uh, to this radio station, and I'm going to talk about uh, that premium, that offering, that gift that I'd like to send to, uh, to those of you who are willing to make a contribution of $75 or more. Um, what, uh, what I've done is I've secured a, some copies of, of a book that I came to New York to, to, um, to, to do a book launch just uh, a few weeks ago, my, my first trip to New York in over three years. So uh, uh, it was a bit of an adventure for me, uh, a bit of a test because I haven't traveled much. And uh, as some of you may recall, I've been, yeah, I've been injured a little bit. So I've been, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to recover from all of that. But it was, it was great to come to New York. Um, I was glad to see a bunch of, uh, of the Resistance Radio, WBAI listeners uh, at, at the book launch. We, we did it down in Washington Square Park at the uh, Judson Memorial Church. Um, and, you know, I like the venue. I like the location. I may do some events going forward uh, with, uh, with that location and, uh, and try to pick up my pace as far as making the trip to New York and, uh, and doing some live events from, uh, from time to time. And, of course, all in the interest of supporting this, uh, this, this radio station. Look, um, I know you're hearing this on a regular basis, and I'm going to pound it during this program, uh, just as you're hearing it before the program, after the program. The number to call to make a contribution to WBAI is 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Or you can go online to give to wbai.org and uh, and make a donation there. Follow the prompts. Look, if you if you make the phone call, you'll uh, the operators will walk you through it. And if you would like to make a donation of seventy five dollars or more, um, I'd love to send you a copy of the the Mohawk Warrior Society. Uh, it, um, the subtitle is a handbook on sovereignty, uh, survival, and sovereignty. Um, it is a, a book that I have contributed to. I actually have a, a small section in there, maybe five or six pages, I don't know, um, where I discuss my interpretation as far as being a warrior and the, you know, the role that I've played, uh, the, the role that I continue to play. But, um, and, and, and of course, how I was influenced to be in that, that position. The book is basically based on much of the writings of, uh, of some that somebody that many of us call uh, our mentor, and that's uh, Louis Hall. We knew him as Gorunjak Taje. That was his uh, his Mohawk name or his Ongoyongoy uh, name. Um, and he wrote um, a lot. He he was actually writing uh, almost hand typing out a newsletter um, that he sent out on a regular basis. He wrote um, everything from what was called the, the Warrior Manifesto to the Warrior Handbook. And that's what this book is um, is based on. It it also has several um, uh, sections that were transcribed interviews with with people that that I've had on my show. Folks like Degarundege, uh, uh, some of you know him as Paul Delarone, uh, Francis Boots, Lorraine Thompson, um, uh, Gontanetta Horn, different people that that I've had on the program or I've had on my podcast. Um, these are people that that have been involved in native issues, uh, been involved with the, what, you know, what really got dubbed the Mohawk Warrior Society and, and something that we, we embraced. Um, it really did get, uh, these, these guys were very, very much involved in, uh, in all of that. 
Um, so they, they gave interviews that were uh, transcribed into, uh, into sections of the book along with mine. Um, it is a really good read. It, if you, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I did a show um, just last week uh, talking about what it's like living here on, for me here in Seneca Territory. If you want to understand what the life has been, beyond me talking about the issues on a, on a weekly basis, if you want to understand a little bit what that life is, this book does a good job with it, uh, both with the interviews um, and just reading what, what Louis Hall uh, had to say. Now, this book, uh, I, I had some copies donated from the Louis Hall Foundation. Um, that is the a foundation that, that has archived much of Louis's work, including uh, his artwork. Uh, the book in the center section has, has, a, has a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of photographs and, and um, some of the artwork that he's done. Uh, some of you may recall, I probably mentioned on, on occasion, uh, that we uh, that we use this this flag that we called originally the unity flag, but it has come to be known as the warrior flag. That was designed by Louis Hall. He was an artist. He was a writer, a philosopher, um, and the foundation that that archives a lot of his original art um, and a lot of his writings is um, is something. And I'm I'm actually a board member. Uh, I'm I'm on the board of directors of the Louis Hall Foundation. So I was able to secure some copies. So I am offering it for a contribution of $75 or more. Um, don't be shy. Look, if you can do, do better, um, then by all means do so. I'd love to send you, uh, send you a copy. Um, in fact, I, I'll, even, I'll even throw my signature on it if that matters to anybody. Uh, like I said, I have contributed. I have a section in there called I Am a Warrior, and uh, I encourage you to, to read that. It's, you know, Sometimes I, I don't get into my personal story that much other than the activities that I'm involved in. Um, I don't talk about the role that I played in, um, in things from long ago. And, and this delves into it a little bit, talks a little bit about family and that kind of stuff. So um, it, is a, it is a book that will offer you insights um, to, to who we are. And, and, and you may be able to understand a little bit how it is that we have come to have this disposition that allows us to, again, to be, to be resistant, to stand up to Canada, stand up to the United States, stand up to the provinces, stand up to New York State. I mean, we, we literally stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Canadian military and the, uh, what is called the Oka crisis, or where they invaded uh, one of our territories called Ganazadage. Uh, we have really been there. I mean, and, and you know, I have been grateful to be a part of, uh, of much of that um, over the years and stand with some of the people that, that have contributed to this book. So um, it is a great book. Um, and I don't just say that because I, <laughs> I wrote a small section to it. I just know um, who was interviewed. I know I've gone through the book myself. Uh, I also know who Louis Hall was, Gordon Yaktaje. I, I, I know I, I was you know, fortunate enough to have not only met the man, but, but got to, um, you know, got to know him enough to, to call him my friend. So, um, again, a powerful book, and it is, it really is a, um, a handbook on, on sovereignty and survival. It, is, it, it does lay out a little bit how, um, you know, how we came to, to be called the Warrior Society, how we came to be called warriors, as opposed to just those people, those men in our community that would defend our community. And, and why we allowed even 
that moniker to be attached to us. Why we thought, you know what? It invokes a little bit of fear. And, and have to, you have to remember here, we are talking about fighting Americans and Canadians. I mean, we, we have certainly had uh, some, uh, some of our adversities with, uh, with the citizenry of, uh, of the U.S. and Canada. But most of the time, we're fighting police departments. We're fighting you know, federal agents. We're fighting the military. I mean, uh, so, I mean, whether it's the RCMP on the Canadian side or the, or the FBI on the American side, this is what, who we have fight, fought. I mean, we fought agency, agencies like the, you know, the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Uh, we, you know, we're not just, um, I mean, we, we certainly aren't fighting, you know, mom and, uh, mom and pop shops here. So when we've, when we've stood up, we've stood up to aggression. And sometimes that aggression has come. You know, when we were, the, during that OCA crisis, look, we had a lot of people on that Canadian side who were burning effigies and uh, stoning our cars and that kind of stuff. When we took back land in the Adirondacks, the, a community that we call Ganyonge, we had, you know, the average Joe going by shooting, uh, shooting their hunting rifles into, into the camp that we had taken. And so, you know, we, we have had conflict with, with with kind of rank and file Americans, I guess, but most of the time it's been with governments and 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 the the agents of those governments. So this book explains a little bit of that, and and frankly, the interviews go into some of that. So uh, again, uh, to have something in your possession, and look, you can there are movies that have been out on some of these issues, but to hear from the individuals who were involved in these in, in these um, incidents um, firsthand. Is, uh, is a great opportunity. And, and I mention it because one of the things that happens, and, and, and I want to delve into a little bit of a different subject um, as I talk about this, is there's, there's a tendency to view Native people through just one lens. And usually that lens is deeply in the past, you know, what, what we were 200 years ago or 300 years ago. And you know, that's why I fight so hard on the mascot issue and, and fight against this stereotypical um, uh, representation that is always put forth about who we are. Because it, it does, it casts us in the past. But we're fighting these battles today. And what happens is any incident that we've had, you know, even, even when they get more contemporary, they get, they get put in what I call silos, right? What many people call silos, where, where you have no frame of reference to what else is happening in, you know, in the United States historically, contemporarily, or, or anywhere else. And, and I liken, you know, part of what is a good demonstration of that is any of you who've been following um, the Cannes Film Festival or, or, or what's been making the news as far as upcoming films, there's a film coming out in October called Killers of the Flower Moon. It's based on the book by David Grant, who I had on this show. Um, and in fact, maybe I should have Reggie help me uh, find the archive of that show and, and post it so uh, so so folks can listen to it. Because one of the interesting things that happened in my interview with David Grant, I asked him, I says, you know, you did a great job talking about this, this, these murders that took place in Osage territory. The book is called Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI. Because the FBI was like brand new. You know, J. Edgar Hoover was a, was a young man at the time. And these murders were happening. And so they send in this former Texas Ranger to go investigate these things. And... So the story is, is twofold. One, about what's actually happening to the Osage people and the fact that there is this twisted view that, based on white supremacy, that, that white people could just steal 
from these Osage and do it in a way that it was so premeditated. And, and of course, some of that theft came through murder. There were men that would actually seduce Native women, marry them, have children with them, and then kill them off so they could claim the oil head rights because that's where, why the, the Osage were so wealthy at the time. This is 1920. This is why they were so wealthy. And so that's what, that's what the book is investigating. Or the book investigates you know, the broad-based murders. But I don't know what the movie's going to look like until because I haven't had a chance to screen it yet. I know there was a lot of discussion um, as uh, uh, this movie, uh, Scorsese and DiCaprio and um, uh, De Niro were, were, were really taking on this film, how to make it more than just a narrative about murders and, and an investigation. And uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who was going to play the federal agent originally, decided that the story was more interesting if he played essentially one of the murderers. And so my, my question is, as this book becomes a movie, are we going to sympathize with the characters, with the De Niro character, who's a murderer, and with the DiCaprio character, who's a, who's a, who's a murderer? And are we going to sympathize with the, you know, with the, the federal agent investigating? Or are we really going to understand the, the reign of terror that the, the Osage were living under, even as they enjoyed a high level of affluence? That's my question. I don't know for sure, and we'll see. But one of the things that's happened in the conversation, and I, the reason I reference having David Grant on my show, I asked him on the program. I said, why is it there was no mention of the Tulsa massacres? Because it happened at the same time and literally 30, 40, 50 miles down the road from where the Osage were being murdered. Now, the Osage were murdered over a longer period of time. Uh, by some accounts, several decades, not just two decades, not, that, not just 10 years, not just 20 years, but several decades, these murders were taking place to take the oil revenue from the, uh, uh, you know, fr from the Osage people. But if you're going to frame this, you know, the story around white supremacy, how do you not mention the Tulsa massacre, you know, less than 50 miles down the road? And when I asked him that, he basically didn't have an answer. And, and, I, and, I, and it wasn't a gotcha question. I, I, I genuinely wondered if there was a strategy. And he said, no, that it was more of an oversight. What I noticed, though, even in his interviews about the book and the movie, is that he mentions it now. So I'm sorry, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit and take a little bit of credit for, uh, uh, for insisting that we can't separate these acts of white supremacy, this, the, this acts of, these acts of racism. And so I saw an in in interview, and, and I'm curious if the Tulsa massacres get, gets mentioned in the film. Uh, I hope it does, because we need to understand the broader context of what marginalized people are experiencing. Because if we only look at racism uh, through the lens of, of the black experience and reject the notion, and I've talked about this on the program many times, and you guys know it. If we reject the notion that the Native experience was one of white supremacy, dealing, confronting white supremacy and racism, and, and rather than accepting that, do that what most, most history books and what most Americans have grown to accept is that, yeah, what happened to the Native people was really unfortunate. It was terrible what happened. Uh, but it was you know, just one of those natural things where there's a clash of culture. You have a dominant culture and an inferior culture. Keep in mind that we're already talking white supremacy even as we, we subtly you know, change that conversation. But that's, if we don't understand that this was based on overt racism, not just 
this natural clash of cultures. Because for one thing, there's nothing natural about, about wiping out a population. There's nothing natural about removing a population from their lands. I mean, it's, it's ironic to, to listen to conversations about, you know, refugee status and, and immigration and all this other stuff when I think about what the Native experience was. And so when you saw a Native people with affluence and then how white people responded to it, and, and, and look, without giving the whole book or the, or the movie away, basically white people set up camp and, and permanent resi residency among the Osage so they could take money from them. The Osage couldn't even control their own wealth. They had to have a guardian appointed to them. And that guardian was ripping them off. They were, I mean, look, they overpaid for everything from a funeral to any medical attention. Uh, if they bought a car, they paid twice what anybody else did. Yes, Osage had cars in the 1920s. You know, but through, through it all, the Osage managed to do some 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 phenomenal things. I mean, um, the first prima ballerina of the United States, and I hate to categorize her that, was Maria Tallchief. She was Osage. Why? Because they had dance, they had dance studios, and they had a theater, and they had, you know, a, a, look, it was, they really did have all the accoutrements that, of, of a wealthy community. But all the while, they were being, they were having their money stolen from them on a daily basis. And to the point where, there was the level of premeditation to the murders to get that money where men would literally marry a woman, have children with that woman so they could claim the head rights of, the, of that oil wealth. And, you know, and, and it doesn't just, it's not just a matter of stealing money. It's really about changing, and I, and I don't want to make it a skin tone thing, but, change, but literally changing the complexion of a, of, a, of a people, changing culturally people. So now... And, and I hate to use the word half-breeds, but you literally had um, a generation or two of, of kids that were born in these sadistic marriages. And, and those kids would be Osage, carrying the white man's name and, and all that other stuff, and, and raised essentially by a white father without a mother. And they would end up being you know, a significant part of the Osage population. You know, I, I don't know the, the, the total numbers. And I don't know if the movie gets into that, but the book kind of delves into it a little bit. So I encourage you to read the book, Killers of the Flower Moon. It was a book that I offered as a premium back in the day. Um, but what I'm offering as a premium today, um, again, and, and I, I have to mention this film coming out because I hope that people do watch it and I hope we watch it critically. Um, I hope it's good. I really do, and, and I hope it's not just entertaining. I, I hope it's, uh, I know that there, there were Osage involved in the, um, you know, as consultants, and some of the, the families, survivors of the of these Osage murders, um, perhaps even some of the kids that uh, were involved in, you know, in their family being disruptive in this way were involved. So um, in, in the production of the movie as consultants and advisors. So I'm, I'm hoping it, it really is a good film. I suspect it will be. I'm, I'm, I am optimistic that it will be. Um, but what I'm offering here is not Killers to the Flower Moon. It is uh, the Mohawk Warrior Society, uh, a handbook on sovereignty and survival. It is a book that I've contributed to, as I mentioned earlier. It's one that I'm hoping that folks will donate to this station in the name of the show while I'm on the air or anytime after to um, 
uh, and, and to receive this book. And for a donation of $75 or more, don't be shy. If you can do 100, do 100. Um, I'd be happy to send a copy. I'll even, I'll even throw my John Kane on there, not John Hancock. I'll throw my John Kane on there. Um, but I'd, I'd love to see more people get copies of this book. I was, again, I was grateful when we did the book launch in Manhattan that uh, so many WBAI listeners came out to the uh, you know, came out to the to the book launch. Um, I don't know if we'll do another one, but um, I do plan to do some events, and maybe I'll even get you know some of the same panelists that came into that book launch to to do an event you know back in New York, and uh, and we can kind of mix it up again. So uh, again, the book is. The Mohawk Warrior Society, a handbook on sovereignty and survival. Um, and it's basically a book by um, Louis Hall. But it was, you know, it was some of my friends from New York that helped this book happen. Matt Peterson, uh, Malik Ramsey, um, uh, Philippe Bouton um, from, from the Canadian side, Philippe. Uh, he, so these guys helped gather the information, do some of the interviews, edit the book. And it is a... Um, um, they did a great job, and, and and frankly, they didn't do it. I mean, it's not like we paid them to do it. They 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 donated time, and and basically the proceeds from this book will help um, us further develop the Louis Hall Foundation, which we hope to be more involved in education and art. You know, I, I'd actually love to do a, um, a maybe a, a gallery presentation, um, uh, an exhibition of Louis Hall's artwork, and, and and that's something we could we could look into in the future. But uh, this is the offering for, for $75 or more. Uh, I ask that you go to the pledge line. The pledge line is 212-209-2950. I'll give the number again, 212-209-2950. Or go online to give to wbaiorg uh, Look, if you make a contribution in the name of the show, I would greatly appreciate it. It is, uh, it is WBAI, and, and, and I'm grateful that, that that has turned into being carried by WPFW in Washington, D.C. So I, I have the opportunity pretty much every week to address two of the more significant media markets in on the East Coast. I mean, uh, like I said, Washington is where those people go to a, a assert their power and their influence. Uh, but you know, New York has a, a tremendous amount of influence, not only on state politics. New York City has a tremendous amount of influence, on, not only on on state politics, but uh, but nationally as well. So, the the opportunity that I have on these radio stations to to talk about native issues and to try to break down some of that siloing. Look, I've had the opportunity to to voice some things on this program that landed where they needed to. You know, in the governor's ear, whether it was you know Governor Cuomo or now Governor Hochul. Um, um, I did a show where I talked about how much the the state assembly leader was carrying water for the, uh, you know, for for Kathy Hochul, and she heard. She not only heard the show, she actually tried to get a hold of Seneca Nation and demand a, an apology for something that I said. I'm not in Seneca, but uh, because the politics in the United States has really degraded to a level um, that I certainly never seen in my lifetime, and it seems like it's only getting worse. I mean, when I look at what the Democrats produce in terms of their signature politicians, Joe Biden, Kathy Hochul, Eric Adams, really? That, that was the best you could do? I mean, and the only thing that makes those, those people even, I don't know, I, I hate to even say they're acceptable, but 
is you know, when you when you look at the other side and you've got guys like Ron DeSantis and, and Donald Trump trying to lead the, the, the Republican Party. So I see the politics in the United States as something that is degraded so badly on both sides of the, you know, the aisle, so to speak. And as a native person, I can be as openly critical to Democrats as I can to Republicans. And and I do so making it clear that I'm not going to participate in those elections. It's not it's not my system, but I'm impacted by it. And I'm impacted by racism. And I'm impacted by by the level of white supremacy that still drives American politics and state, you know, state politics. And even when people of color manage to get into those positions of, of, of power or authority, whatever, it seems like it, it just goes terribly. So that's an opportunity. That's the opportunity I get to have here. And look, and I know I'm not the only person on WBAI that criticizes the, both the left and the right. Um, and we all have probably different reasons for, for criticizing both. And, you know, some, you know, tie it to COVID, some tie it to, you know, healthcare, some tie it to, you know, um, the debt, the debt limit, some tie it to all kinds of things. And for, from a native standpoint, we're impacted by all of that. I mean, we're, we're impacted by it. So I will speak out, but, but I'm not going to prop up one side over the other because I see the most, the best chance we have of affecting change. And I've talked about this before is not doing it at the, at the, at, you know, at the voting booth. And, and I'm not saying don't vote. You know, I'm not going to, but I'm not telling you not to. I'm saying that's not enough. We've got to pound on these politicians, whether you voted for them or not. You know, look, I, I heard, I saw all these people who say, Donald Trump, not my president, not my president. Well, it's fine to say that, but if you're an American, he was your president. You know, if you're a New Yorker, Kathy Hochul's your governor. I don't care which side of the aisle you sit on. And just bitching about them on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or anyplace else isn't going to get it done. Sometimes we've got to we got to take the steps. I'm not saying we got to do, you know, a January 6th thing. I'm not suggesting that. But maybe we do need to reach out more directly to some of these people. And not because you love them. Actually, those kinds of echo chambers are part of the problem. That's not what this show is. You know, and, and I know that's not what a lot of the shows on WBAR are. I mean, these, these are shows that are going to be critical. And, and it's not enough to just be critical. Sometimes we have to act out. We have to not only think critically, but we have to act out critically. So, look, whether we're, we're talking about this station, whether we're talking about the city, or whether we're talking about the state or the country, there are things that we do. And, you know, and look, I know I can, you know, blow my own horn over the, over the mascot issue, but keep in mind, I pushed for a statewide ban against high schools using native mascots, and I didn't do it through the governor, and I sure as hell didn't do it through the state legislature, didn't get any help from the federal level. I just went to where the people who are involved in education are. I went to the New York State Department of Education, and that's where I press the issue. Now, Hey, it didn't turn out perfect. You know, Seneca Nation approved one school allowing them to keep their warrior's name. Uh, another school allowed uh, a school to keep the name Raiders if they changed the logo or something like that. But really, we essentially wiped out. And, and I say we because I, although I will take 
some of the blame or credit for this. I couldn't have done it without the five families from Cambridge, New York, who stepped up with me and a really cooperative uh, president of the uh, of the Board of Education there who frankly got, you know, got removed and, um, you know, and, and, and a cooperative commissioner of education, Dr. Betty Rosa. Without those people being willing to actually hear and respond in ways that, that previous administrations, I mean, look, 22 years ago, 21 years ago, Commissioner Mills uh, told schools to get rid of these things, and, and they didn't. I built upon that by taking on my old high school in Cambridge, New York. And, uh, and look, Dr. Rosa allowed me to sit on the Indigenous Mascot Advisory Council as, uh, at, because she knew my voice was strong on this issue. I, you know, I, look, I sent videos. I did letters to the editor. I did all of, all of this stuff. Um, and, and my point here is that I didn't do it with a PAC fund. I didn't do it with a lobbying effort. I mean, I, I went at it directly. I insist that individuals can affect change. And the more of us that, that rally together, look, the, the more allies or accomplices that, that we have as we're fighting for something, whether it's the LGTB issues that, you know, that, that dominate much of the news right now, or whether it's you know, uh, voter suppression. I mean, whatever your, your cause is, the more people who stand together and literally stand, march, walk, I mean, go to where you're going to you know, not only make news, but you're going to make impact. And whether you voted for somebody or not, you, get, you demand um, the right to hold them accountable. So that's what we talk about here on, on, the, on the show. And look, we've seen 10,000 people converge on Standing Rock to try to stop a pipeline. Uh, that's, that's an amazing thing to, to see happen. I mean, I've, I've done events talking about the OCA crisis and you know, the, the effort that the Canada, Canadian government had in trying to expand a golf course on the native land and how much we stood up against that. <clears throat> you can resist. And <clears throat> sometimes that resistance is more dramatic than others. And, you know, look, I'm not, you know, the Oka crisis resulted in one, uh, in a, in one police officer being killed. And that's a tragedy. We've seen, you know, other places where people have, you know, either marched or protested and, you know, somebody plows into them with a vehicle or we see these mass shootings happening all over the, uh, you know, all over the United States and, and almost uniquely in the United States, exclusively in the United States. So we know there is the potential for retribution when you're standing for something. And we see a, uh, you know, a governor of, of the state of Florida, you know, demanding, you know, that, that he's going to fight to be the anti-woke cap. I mean, think about what that means. The anti-woke candidate, candidate. I mean, so he chooses to be asleep. I mean, that's the opposite of being, being woke is being asleep. And, and this is what a lot of the, the conservatives and frankly, some, some of the so-called liberals too, they can put their head in the sand, just like uh, the folks <laughs> on the right can. I mean, am I right, Reggie? Am I right? <laughs> Hey, look, I would have said something if you said something wrong. Um, <laughs> it, it is ridiculous to think that there is a uh, anti-woke. I, I don't get that, man. I mean, it's like if you're going to be so and there are people that would consider someone being fundamentally asleep. 
rather than be active for change. And, you know, whether that change, you know, that that could be up for debate, but to just to be asleep as a campaign strategy. And, and the two guys are going to compete for that title. Who's the <laughs> I mean, that's the Lord. other thing. You know? uh, yeah, it's it's it's, yeah. it's an insane. Yeah. But that's where, you know, look, folks. That's why WBAI is important because we're having these conversations, and and we're not just gonna, you know, play Fox News versus CNN or MSNBC. No. We're we're no, gonna we're say not. no, and and it's not that we're taking the middle. We're just being equally critical. That's not being in the middle. I mean, nope. I don't consider myself right. in that spectrum, but I can consider myself somebody who can criticize. Look, I'll even criticize, sometimes I'll criticize the people in the middle even more because, frankly, you know, I don't, I, I, where, do you, where do you put somebody like, like Hochul or Adams or, or Biden? They, they sure, as, are, they sure hell, as hell are on the extreme left. Oh, no. <laughs> so, no, no. And shame on anyone to think otherwise. You know, and, and the sad part is you, you're still going to have Bernie and AOC and Gavin Newsom. All these guys trying to fundraise for Joe Biden running against, you know. So, I mean, what's to say about them? I mean. Really, really, know. because these were the people that were supposed to be about change. Yeah. These yeah. were the people that were supposed to be about, look, we understand that the the the, the status quo, the one, the run-of-the-mill uh, shenanigans I, that I goes love, day I to love, day. I love that, um, that slip. You said status quo. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like a combination of Jim Crow and status quo. That's first. That is a hey, perfect you know what? I slip. Did, I, did, I, I, I didn't realize I said that, but hey, I'll take credit for that. I'm gonna <laughs> use that one. For that. I'm gonna use that one. <laughs> status quo. I love that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, I man. mean, like the thing is, is that when you're telling us that this is your best choice, where fundamentally you have done nothing. Nothing has changed. Well, you know, Joe, Joe Biden did apologize for, for the Anita Hill stuff, though. He, apo oh, he apologized. Did he? Yeah, like 40 or 50 years later, or how many years it was. I don't know. You no, know, and, that's and the crazy part of this whole thing, It's right? the crazy part. And, and, and again, there are some people here in this radio station that will carry favor and will try to defend it. Not everyone, of, of course, but they will say that, oh, well, this side, well, this side is worse than that side. Look. I, and just as you say, I'm just looking at it over there, and I'm saying you're both trash. I might be the only person on on WBA who was cr openly critical of, uh, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> but, oh, but I man. have reasons to be. You know, maybe I'm not. Uh, no, you know. legitimate, legitimate. I, I mean, like it was so funny because I know I had discussions about that, and from the stuff that you was talking about on air, I was using that as a form of. Yeah, your your heroine wasn't all what she cracked up of being. Man, I had so I mean I I had to get out there. I almost had to fight my way out of there. Well, she also allowed the court to get to get uh, you know so conservative by hanging on to the bitter end instead of retiring during the I mean it's kind of uh -huh. Diane Feinstein. I mean, at some point don't you think you've been at this long enough? I mean, I uh, this and look, I understand. It is really tough for, even for for white women, you know, to you <laughs> yeah. know, to achieve yeah. certain statuses, um, but you know what? At some point, I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're white. I don't care what you are. You, age, you know, you gotta you gotta hand the baton off at some point, and it, it's just abuse at that point. I I think so, and it's ego, 
and, and it is abuse. Because that, that, that quest or that, you know, that desire to cling to power becomes abusive. I mean, and that's, you know, look, that's what we see. But, you know, and again, uh, yeah. that's why what we do here, you know, and, and look, I can, I can speak for what I talk about here, but I know there's other programs that, that address some of these issues. So that's why WBI is important. That's why we need you to support the radio station. We need you to go to the pledge line. Look, we're, we're doing this, this two-week fund drive. Um, you know, we've been trying to stretch out fundraising throughout the year, but we decided it's time to just go all in with, with a pledge drive. And that's what we're doing here. So I'm asking you to go to the pledge line, call up 212-209-2950, go online to give to WBAI. Look, if, if you, I would love to send you a copy of uh, the Mohawk Warrior Society book, but, uh, predominantly by, by Louis Hall, Gordon Jack Dudgeon. Um, I'd love to send you a copy of the book for, for a donation of $75 or more. And look, and if you could do more, do more. You know, if you can do, you know, um, uh, become a BAI buddy. I mean, uh, there was a period of time that I, you know, for a one-hour weekly show, I was, you know, producing more buddies than anybody. Um, something happened there. I, I, somehow I lost them. I don't know if all my buddies left me. I don't know, but I need you back. I need you to do the $5 a month or $10 a month or $15 a month or whatever. You, look, if, if you're already a, a buddy, maybe you up at another $5 and do it in the name of this show. Because, look, you can't, there's two things you can't take for granted. One, that this show will always be on WBAI. And two, that WBAI will always be on the air. Because without you, without you supporting this station, you're not, you're not going to have a WBAI. I mean, we, we have been, look, under the gun for years, you know, since Superstorm Sandy and, 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 and be, before that. And look, we've been struggling to keep, keep our, our heads above water. And it, it's amazing to me that we could be a radio station in the, one of the largest media markets in the world, New York City. And struggle so much. I realize there's a lot of other radio stations out there, and it's not just radio stations. It's blogs, it's, it's podcasts, it's you know, it's cable, it's you know, it's satellite radio, terrestrial radio, all that stuff. So I get that, but we're still in New York City, folks. And you know, I just, I just gotta ask you. I gotta ask you to step up and support this radio station. Support the radio station that has had such a commitment to diverse voices that they've had a, essentially a native show of, of one form or another for most of the 60 years it's been on the air. So, and, and I'm proud to be th this current iteration of that, but I've been doing this for, you know, for over 10 years with WBAI. So, you know, I, I don't know what my following is on the radio station. Obviously I stream the show on, on Facebook live stream. I, I put it up as a podcast. So however you're listening to the show, whether you're, you know, listening it to it live on the air live on Facebook, whether you're catching as a podcast or an archive show, whatever the case may be, I need you to support the radio station. And, I, and if you do it in the name of this program, then you secure my spot here. And look, we know we've seen shows come and go over the years. So there's no guarantee that, that I'm a show that will always be here. You can help guarantee that. You can secure my spot on, on the WBAI channel by making a contribution now. You know, by $75 or more, I'd be happy to send you a copy of uh, the Mohawk Warrior Society book, uh, something that I contributed in uh, to, um, something that I, I firmly believe in, and it, something that'll, that'll, that'll give you insight. This isn't somebody else telling our story. This is our story, written by us. I mean, 
you know, I've, I've yet to produce, you know, my first book, but this is the first book that I've been published in. So I, I ask that you, that you make a contribution, $75 or more. Uh, do what you can. If it can be more than $75, then please do. And do it in the name of this program. Do it, um, do, do it for the book. Uh, and I'd be happy to send you a copy of it. And, uh, and you know, look, we, we do this and you secure the programs that you like. You secure the station that you listen to. Um, and look, I, I realize that the, that the media market has changed. And that's part of one of the challenges that the, the WBA has had. How do you deal with competing against somebody who can just listen to whatever they want on their phone? Well, you can listen to this on your phone, too. You can... You can, you know, ask Alexa to play WBAI. You can, you know, or or Siri or anybody else. You can, you, you can do all of that. Um, so we're we're here, but we're only here, basically, at your pleasure. So if you contribute to the station, you secure the station. If you contribute to the station in the name of the show, you you secure this this program. So again, the number is two one two two zero nine two nine five zero. Or you can go online to give to, that's give the number to, WBAI.org, um, and, 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 you know, follow the prompts. Uh, you know, Reggie, are, are there other, I mean, I think you can do PayPal. Are there a couple of other ways you can contribute to the station at this point? Uh-oh. Reggie must have been doing something. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I, oh, I, like, sorry, I, sorry, I expect John. Reggie to always be there at the drop of a hat yeah, every time I, I turn I, I'm, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, John. I didn't, because I, I was dealing with other things I, at this point. I, what, what, what was the thing you was asking me before? See, see, this is live radio, folks, for those people who don't realize. And you're acting like you it, have a job there or something. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, 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 you know, you know, rumor has it that I, I am an employed individual here that actually keep things functioning here at this radio station at yeah, times. It's, so. it's a solid rumor. No, my question is, <laughs> are there other ways to contribute? I mean, I know that people are using different types of uh, payment systems, you know, PayPal and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, really, pretty much the primary ways of, of, of uh, donating to this radio station and donating to your program, John, is calling the number 212-209-2950 or if you're using uh, the, the, the latest technology via smartphone, or laptop, or a tablet, or, or even a desktop computer, you can go to give to WBAI.org, and that is another way of showing your support to this radio station. Give to the number two WBAI.org online. We had other ways of doing it, but um, they have been on pause for some time. Okay. Uh, and and so primarily the two ways of donating to this radio station is calling the uh, the pledge line two one two two zero nine two nine five zero or go online to give to wbai.org. And and of course when when you make these contributions uh, you can you can do it via snail mail. You can put a check in the mail if if you need oh, to. Oh yeah, you'll, you'll find out. But you can also use your credit card or your checking account information. So all you that know stuff what? is still available. Oh, yes. And, and, you know, and thank you for reminding me about that, John. Yes. For those people who want to send a check uh, to the radio station to show support, you could do so by going to uh, WBAI Radio, uh, 388 Atlantic Avenue, third floor, Brooklyn, New York, 11217. 
Do not leave bags of money out in front of the doorstep. No, um, do not leave bags of money. <laughs> no, do not do that. We'll we'll work some other way out other than that. But, uh, but by yeah, all means. I mean, you know, God bless you for your efforts, but no, don't do not leave the bag of money. <laughs> no, look, not- <laughs> you know, of course, and I always have to mention this. Look, we want your support for the station, but one of the ways that you support the station is also to talk about us. I mean. Please spread the word. I mean, if you hear something on this program or any other program, frankly, whether you like it or you don't like it. I mean, sometimes you hear something. I can't believe what that goddamn John Cain just said. Well, yeah. tell somebody so that somebody's going to say, well, let me hear what that, that goddamn John Cain just said. Because hey. I, I have actually, you know, I'm not in the conversion business, okay? But I had a, I had a good friend of mine who was directed to listen to my, my show years ago. <laughs> and... She was pissed. She couldn't hear what she was hearing. She couldn't believe what she was hearing, I mean. So finally, you know, as, as I'm saying some of this stuff, you know, and I'm telling some of the history that, frankly, people have never heard before, I say, you know, by all means, don't take my word for it. Check it out. So she starts doing research, and she starts finding out what Thomas Jefferson was really about or what George Washington was really about or, or Abraham Lincoln and the Dakota 38 and, you know, you know, residentials, all of that stuff. And so little by little, she says, damn it, he's right. He, he's not lying, and 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 we've become very close friends. I'm not saying I'm going I'm to convert the biggest haters out there, and and I know. Right. Look, if if you have been so indoctrinated into whether it's your your religious beliefs or with your political stripes or whatever else, you're a tough one. And and frankly, I don't mind engaging people like that because sometimes that conversation is worth witnessing because you know sometimes it, it can it can degrade pretty badly, which is a teachable moment. Or, you know, or we can get to a place where, you know, we can have that agree to disagree kind of thing, but at least get some information out there. So that's kind of what we try to do. You know, Reggie, I know um, a couple of weeks ago we, we started taking some calls again, and we're going right. to try to do, once we get through this fund drive, we're going to do more of that. Um, and look, and I'm hoping that people will engage. And, and I know, look, sometimes I get the, the same callers I was getting back before COVID when we were doing <laughs> but and, and I don't mind that. But, but also getting some... I'd love to get more young people, and I, and I don't know if if this is the the best time slot for for a young person to you know to engage. But this is what we need to do with WBAI. We need to get young people involved. And frankly, I'd love to get more involved in not only listening, but but actually you know on this side of the, the microphone as well. So that's something that we, well, we need to work on. Well, WBAI always had a, a longstanding tradition of engagement, and engagement happens to be what you're doing right now, John, or in person. And, and, and I think that as, 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 as long and as soon as we start really getting that eye-to-eye contact and seeing people out there, and it's a slow process. It's no doubt it's a slow process. But I always feel that it is the most effective process out there because there are people that are thinking the way you are thinking, John. And they have a perspective similar to yours or, you know, or not, but be it having that eye to eye contact, I think is the most effective way of getting your point across, not just about what your show entails, but what WBAI represents and have been representing for so long. So, and yeah. you know, look, and if you don't think the voices matter, I, I'm gonna, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, Link Ray for those of yes. you who came out and saw, you know, Rumble when I fe- uh, screened it in New York 
and I did that film at least three times, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, Link Ray got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, finally, this Overdue. year. Overdue. Overdue. But, you know, Overdue. that wouldn't have happened without the film, without the screenings, without the conversations. You know who else got inducted this year? DJ Coolherc. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and look, that's another, that's another personality that you may have only heard um, on a station like this, other than if you know, than listening to those to those very specific radio stations that carry you know hip hop and that genre of music. But look, we we can go back a few years when when hip hop was you know had its place on the, on the station. But certainly, right. you know, Clive Campbell, DJ Cool Herc. Um, I've done screenings with his with his sister Cindy, and you know, and, yes, and you know, and I've got I got a chance to to meet uh, Herc, and you know, so th the fact. The fact is that our voices do matter, and they do um, carry enough influence to make things happen. And while I think both Cool uh, uh, Herc and, uh, uh, and Link Ray were long overdue, the fact is, and look, I, I couldn't be more thrilled to see DJ Cool Herc inducted now instead of after his passing. Like, Yeah, that's true. That's so. true. That's true. And I have to say, just an, an addendum to what you were just saying, I remember the show that I did on Link Ray and... Uh, that was some time ago, and it might have been around the same time you was um, um, uh, uh, having screenings, yeah, having, screenings yeah. having screenings, and flat out, the show that I was doing at the time was on Wednesdays at 3 a.m. in the morning. It was still flat out the most popular show that I did, <laughs> and which still blows my mind to this very day. Yeah. The word got out so fast about someone was doing a program, an entire program on Link Ray and 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 just representing the genius that he had. I mean, when I found out that Link Ray was primarily the person that was responsible for the power cord, which is the which is the primary thing for heavy metal music or hard and, rock and punk. music. I mean all of it, yeah. And punk as well. Yeah. yeah. He I mean, it's it's crazy how is this dude wasn't inducted into rock and roll hall of fame earlier yeah here's a guy who would, but jam, that's my who, opinion. Who, who would jam a screwdriver through his uh speakers just to make it distort a little bit more yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i was just like man i got i gotta get you to, I gotta get you to send me the uh, archive of that that uh the show if you got to find the audio archive oh yeah yeah and i have it of Plus, course i have it Plus, let's uh, if 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 you could help me, I I have trouble, and maybe that we could do a whole show on this. Uh, I, w I wanted to find the archive of when I had uh, uh, David Grant from Killers of the Flower Moon on on my show. If you can help me find those, I'll I'd like to post those back up so people can hear those interviews. Especially how now. long ago was that? Oh man, it was a it was a few years ago. It was in it was you know it was while we were there. Um, uh, in, okay. in Brooklyn, though it wasn't. It, okay. it wasn't up in uh, uh, City College or anything. So okay, not, so it was okay. Yeah. But so should, I, I'll ask. You you got to give me a date, and I and I can find out yeah, about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll dig it up and we'll play that. Right. Thing, but uh, now we're having a personal conversation on yes, air. Yes, we now. are on air, which is okay, right? <laughs> okay. How's the family? You know, I know. I, I know. Hey, you know. <laughs> Look, folks, I can't ask you enough, and and uh, and I will. You know, I, I do it even when we're not in a fun drive, but now we are in a fun drive. So now the pressure's on for each one of our programs who are, who are being aired during this fun drive to produce. So I'm asking you to go to the pledge line. That's 212-209-2950. Or go online to give to WBAI.org 
and you know, follow the prompts, follow the operator's you know uh, lead here. If you if you're interested in um, in the the Mohawk Warrior Society book, uh, offer a contribution of seventy five dollars or more. Uh, I'd be happy to you know sign a copy and send it and you know, get it sent out to you. So, um, you know, but in general, I'd love to you know. I'd love to, you know, start that race for the WBAI Buddies uh, program again. Um, so, I mean, whatever you can do, whether it's, you know, something you could do monthly, whether it's something you do because you hear a premium that's offered, what, you know, and, and I don't do a lot of them, but, um, you know, I, I, I guess I could do that again if, if we start going back into um, doing regular fund drives, you know, looking for something that I can, I can offer up. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever it is, whether you, whether you, um, would like to receive a gift in response to your donation and look there's there's tote bags and other stuff right uh, right reg i mean there's uh, yeah yeah um, yeah tote bags membership cards that will entitle you to uh discounts right discounts to participating entities um restaurants uh art galleries movie theaters and you become a member of the station and, you yes know, and, and you know yes. and, and a voting member i mean so you can actually help shape the program you can actually help shape you know what what WBAI becomes in the future. So, um, look, I, uh, like I said, I, I can't emphasize it enough. We are in a fund drive. We're we're essentially in a perpetual fund drive, it seems, because this is look, uh, producing radio in New York City is not a cheap endeavor, and it's not for the faint at heart. So, we need your support uh, for the station. Um, I don't receive any of the money done uh, donated in the name of my show. It is really a marker for the for the station to say, yeah, we we appreciate what John Kane does. We appreciate the fact that WBAI has maintained a native voice on the air all these years. And so uh, again, the pledge line is two one two two zero nine two nine five zero. The website is give to wbai dot org. Uh, you know, make a contribution, support the station, support the program, and uh, you know we'll 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 keep doing this. We'll keep doing this. So look. I want to thank you for listening. Um, do, uh, you know, check out Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm uh, not offering that book. Check out uh, the Mohawk Warrior Society. I'd love to have, when we start going back to the phone lines, um, that, that film doesn't open until October. So we've got time to digest some of the information in the book. And uh, maybe I'll even get David Grand back on the, on the line. I'd love to, oh, love nice. to you know, nice. try to reconnect with him. So uh, that about wraps it up for, for me here today. So thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for contributing for those of you who did. And for those of you who are considering it, consider a little bit more and make a contribution to WBAI for Resistance Radio. I'm John Kane. Yahweh.